0: Tony Hawk is the name in skateboarding. I mean, no disrespect to skateboarding whatsoever, but there's kind of only one name in the sport. I know there are a ton of great skateboarders, legends, and I love the sport, but there's only one dude on the Tony Hawk level. Tony Hawk is like LeBron James. If Kareem never existed and Michael Jordan quit the sport after he got cut from his high school team... And the craziest part of the Tony Hawk story is that Tony Hawk just invented a bunch of skateboarding stuff. He just made up a bunch of shit to do on a skateboard. And then everybody was like, I got to do all this stuff on the skateboard because Tony Hawk just did it. And now that's the thing skateboarders do. Kids nowadays grow up knowing the Ali 540 and the Stalefish. And they know that those are things you do on a skateboard. But the guy who invented those things is still alive. He's not that old. And his name is Tony Hawk. Imagine if Lou Alcinder flunked Western Civ at UCLA and John Wooden kicked him off the team and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar never played a second for the Bucks or the Lakers. And imagine if Michael Jordan put all of his maniac focus and energy into becoming an astronaut. And he blasted off with the crew of the Space Shuttle Discovery on August 7th, 1977 to deploy and retrieve cryogenic infrared spectrometers and telescopes for the Atmosphere Shuttle Pallet Satellite 2. So imagine Kareem and Michael Jordan never played NBA basketball, and then LeBron James came through and invented the reverse layup. Imagine if LeBron invented the step-back jumper or the 360 slam dunk. That's Tony Hawk. Only Tony Hawk didn't stop at 360 degrees. One full circle wasn't enough. He didn't even stop at 720 degrees. That's spinning around twice. Tony Hawk was the first person in recorded human history to land the 900. That's two and a half spins in the air while on a thin piece of wood, which just happens to be on wheels. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's my goal on this show to get you to understand what these athletes have accomplished in these moments in some small, meaningful way. Stand up. Right now, wherever you're listening to this, stand up, jump up, and try to do a 360. Go ahead. First off, you almost fell. Second off, you feel crazy, right? You're a little dizzy. Now imagine moving really fast. Then jumping up in the sky, spinning in 900 degrees up in the air, and landing on a half inch piece of wood on wheels on the side of a 13 foot wall. That's the 900, and this is First Ballot. Welcome to First Ballot. I'm your host, Neil, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, the long-lost Gasol brother, the man who's never actually successfully ridden a skateboard, coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal office depot, big and tall, executive suite, desk chair. Today's episode could be sponsored by sourdough bread. Want to kick your sandwich into a whole other fucking gear? Want to beat your lunch's ass, (laughs) Do you want to lay fucking waste to your afternoon? Throw a piece of sourdough bread on that thing. It's sourdough, bread with flavor. Tony Hawk's 900 is an unstoppable sports moment. But is it a first bout Hall of Famer? We shall decide that today. And here to do the job with me is a former web developer, a former graphic designer who quit her jobs and is now maybe a professional skater, although she doesn't like that phrase. She's also a model. It's Ms. Eunice Chang. Eunice... Thanks for being on the show. Oh
1: wow, what an intro! Thank you.
0: Now, Eunice, question one right out of the gate: yeah. Who, who, and what are you? I've read quotes where you say you specifically say you're not a professional skater. Are you one now? It sure seems to me, from my vantage point as a decidedly not professional skater, you seem like a professional skater. Why do you say you're not one? Tell us. Are you a professional skater? How did you get here?
1: Okay, so in uh, the real world, I do get paid <laughs> to skate, like on photo shoots and on right. set and stuff. But in the skate world, in the skate industry, you're I technically see. not pro unless your name's
0: on a board. Interesting. How many... Okay, hold on. Now, this is a quick follow-up question because I'm curious. How many people have their name on a board? How many... Oh. By that definition, how many pro skaters are there?
1: Um. Oh, that's a good question. I never thought about... The statistics, a couple hundred.
0: Oh, is it really? Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought. Tell me how you went from web developer to what you're doing now. Tell me about that path.
1: Yeah, I think, um, uh, so I'm Korean. I grew up in a pretty conservative kind of household where skateboarding was not uh, totally supported, you know? <laughs> um, and so I'm 29 now. Um, My parents actually moved back to Korea about like five or six years ago. Mm. And after they moved to Korea, I felt like that, like I was obviously sad that they moved so far away. But that distance kind of like gave room for me to do what I really want, you know, like no shade on my parents at all, because I like all the past experiences that I've had of like helped me where i am today and yeah everything's just like happened in time you know and so
0: so how did so you and i'm half filipino my father's from the philippines he would have made a great dictator of a small country (laughs) and his only for me i feel like of the asian fathers that i know my dad was pretty lacks all things considered his only rule for me is that's not true i knew he you know didn't want me to screw up and i knew he wanted me to to do well and all of those things but those were sort of all unsaid those were sort of expectations more than rules the only real rule i had from my father growing up my mother's different story uh she's jewish lots of words (laughs) Uh, My father, no words. The only rule he had was you're going to college. And if Mm -hmm. you go to college, you do whatever you want after college. So that was that was my sort of upbringing, my Asian father. Mm
1: -hmm. You
0: said the when they moved back to Korea, you felt like you had space. Tell Mm -hmm. me about the, the moment that decision where you go. I've got this career. I'm doing pretty well. And by, by the by web developing, graphic design, those are lovely jobs. Those are things that lots of people would love to do. Tell me about you going, no, I don't want those things. This is what's pulling me. How do you make that decision? What was that decision like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, taking the leap. I th- I think for like any freelancer in general, like, going from a safe like 9 to 5 job mm-hmm. and then taking the leap to pursue your own thing is like scary for anyone. Um skateboarding has just like always been what I loved. Mm-hmm. Just like felt like I would have dreams about it, you know, mm-hmm. like felt in my <laughs> heart and soul. Like no matter how far away I was from it, like it was still always there and like while I was working, I was building my little platform on social media and then like these opportunities started trickling in and like slowly it became like a thing like that I didn't see coming, you know?
0: So how much had you been doing to sort of set yourself up to move into this field? So you're, 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 you're freelancing, you're web developing, you're graphic designing but you love skating, what are you doing to sort of get yourself to the point where you felt comfortable to leap? Like this, when you quit your job, were you already making money by doing the social media stuff, by doing the skateboard stuff? Like how much work did you have to do up until the point where you were like, okay, this is it. This is the moment where I'm ready to go.
1: Like that uh, tipping point or whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when the opportunities for skateboarding We're starting to pay like almost as much Mm -hmm. or sometimes even more than my regular job. That's when I was like, this is it. Okay, I like have to do this now, right? Or I'm gonna regret it for the rest of my life. And like, I was willing to like go broke trying to pursue what I wanted to. Then, because like, even if I didn't make as much money, like making websites, it's just so much more fun (laughs) yeah it's like where my heart really is and like that's kind of invaluable you know
0: it's it feels like a privileged thing to say and i want to acknowledge it yeah but the older i get the more i realize in my own career if you're not having fun you're doing something wrong if you're not enjoying what you're doing you're screwing it up and again i work in a field. Uh, that I it is a lot of fun and you do as well. And so we're very lucky in that regard. But I know for certain that you also worked extremely hard to get there. Um, speak to what you had to do. Speak to developing your, your social media following. Speak to building that audience so that you could start generating money from the skateboarding side and, and leave this sort of more secure nine to five thing. What, what were the steps? How did you find your way
1: Um, You know, I didn't see too far into it. I mean, like there wasn't even really these opportunities Mm. a few years ago, you know, and I think everyone's like, you know, I didn't think skateboarding would start trending as much as it did in the last few years. Like all these like crazy Universal alignments kind of happen, like right. all of a sudden people like women skateboarding and mm-hmm. like I'm um, an Asian woman, you know, like there's all of these like random things that kind of came together and I'm just like was born at the right time or something like, <laughs> you know, like that's what it feels like. But um, like I remember when I was I was maybe like 22 or 23 and I had just gotten 700 followers on Instagram mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god like this is so <laughs> many followers <laughs> like I I remember that moment and then a few years later I like reached 10,000 followers and I was like at my I was doing graphic design at the time and then like my coworkers were like like I had yeah, I was like showing off at work. I was like, God, like I did it. We got the we got the swipe up link now. Like we made it. <laughs> so, like they, my like coworkers were also so, so supportive of me too. And I I was working at an agency at the time, uh like a marketing agency. And yeah, like social media was a big part of it. And so they all knew like how like, much work and, like, effort you have to put into yeah. it to, like, really gain a little following. And I think just... I don't know. There's there's a lot of, like, rules in skateboarding, mm-hmm. you know? Like, unspoken stuff, like, to be cool and just, like, being authentic to yourself. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, I... Like, I'm not really going down the traditional route I really do feel like me and like a couple of my other girlfriends we've like kind of carved out this like way for us to make a living in skateboarding because to be completely honest like I I'm not paid by any of my sponsors like I get so I I'm a flow skate there's different tiers right yeah there's like professional there's amateur and then there's flow okay. So I'm, I'm a flow, tr- I'm flow trash is what okay. they call it.
0: <laughs> what does that mean?
1: Um, so you just get sent products by Got it. the skate companies Got it. and it's it's not paid, but you're sent the product and then you're like, you have to be loyal to that company, you know, right. so that they right. keep sending you stuff. And so that's like where I'm at tier wise in the skate industry.
0: Right. You're part of a skate crew called Warble. What does being part of a skate crew mean? What is the recruitment process like? Like, how do you get invited to a skate? Like, is there a formal like thing? They're like, Eunice, will you join Warble? Is there a handshake? Is there a contract? Tell me about joining an official skate crew.
1: Yeah, there's a hazing process. Um, (laughs) You
0: have to shotgun
1: a beer and take a shot of
0: liquor.
1: (laughs) No, it's um. Like, I see Warble as, like, my family. Like, we're a very tight-knit group of of friends. Um, Those guys are all from Vermont. They came to Mm. L.A. a few years ago. And we just, like, met through mutual friends and, like, skated together a couple times and, like, you know, following each other on socials and stuff. But, yeah, they asked me to be a part of the crew.
0: Okay, Um, wait a minute. Hold on. Don't just blaze over that. How does that happen? You're there like they're putting yeah. like the Rockefeller chain on you. Like, what yeah. how does that moment happen? Does someone call you? Do you yes. just finish like a cool trick and they're like, hey, that was awesome. On we on want you to join. Me. <laughs> yeah. Like, what happens? <laughs> Tell me about that, like for that moment. I want to hear about that moment.
1: Okay. The I it was a text message. Oh, I remember great. being in the office. Tom Mole texts me while I'm at work and he's like, Do you want to ride for Warble? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, just like blown away. I was like, I replied, I was like, are you sure? (laughs) It was, yeah, it was like a surreal moment for me because they were like so, they were like my favorite skate team at the time. And like skating with them, like at the skate park or like running into them at a spot just felt like, I was like, just so cool, you know? And super cool. Yeah. So then Tom came over to my place like that same day and we talked about it and like what me being on the crew looks like, um, you know, and it's just like growth for both sides, you know, like making a video, Mm -hmm. having a part in the video and me just like, you know, being loyal. (laughs) Yeah. Because you can't skate. You can only skate your one. You're one team, you
0: know, I love the, it feels like it's like a modern day, like biker gang. You're like in a, you're on a crew. You can like say that and not be like goofing off about it. You're on a skate crew. That's I think that's very cool. By the by, I don't know if this has been completely laid bare here, but I know nothing about skateboarding. I appreciate it. I look at it from afar. I think it's very cool, but I know nothing. So as I stumble into sentences, if I say no. something just brutally terribly awkward and wrong, please feel free to correct me being a part of a skate cool feels really cool. I watched warble three to sort of prepare for this. And again, I don't know if that's what you call it. The video. I really enjoyed it. I watched, I don't remember where I watched it, but I watched the one where it starts with, and by the by, we could do a whole goddamn pod in this moment at the top of warble three. But uh, my guy, he's now my, he's now my favorite non-unish Chang, warble skater, Dave mall skating off the top of that church.
1: Yeah. That's if you haven't
0: seen this, honestly, Google Warble Three and watch this moment. This guy, like, it, I don't remember that the first shot is, but in my brain, it's like you see this like church, this like exterior of this church and this spire. And only because you go, I know I clicked on this video that's a skating video, and now I'm seeing a church and this big huge spire. I'm like, wait a minute, is someone gonna skate on that thing? And then you see this guy go like jump up onto the roof and he's skating down it, and it's so. And the version I saw, I've seen a version that had music under it, and I saw a version that was, like, naked. That had nothing under it. Mm. And that's the one I loved because he's, like, you're hearing, like, his feet on the roof. You're hearing him, like, ride the wheels riding down the spire and him falling off the board and stumbling around. And the shuffling of the feet and the hands as he's trying to keep himself from falling off this church roof. And there's, like, just enough, like... Naked ambience that you're like, clearly, these guys are not supposed to be there. He's skating <laughs> on a church, and then he crawls up, he climbs up like Spider-Man's his way up to the top of this spire, and there's this like perfect shot of him at the top of the spire on a church. He's not supposed to be there. It's the cross, the cr- giant crucifixes behind him. There's a chopper off in the distance, and then he skates this thing. Honestly, I feel like we could do the whole uh uh first ballot podcast about this moment. This is one of my favorite skateboard moments. Now he skates off this thing and lands and the reactions of all of the people there that are with you guys, uh, was just electric to watch. It was such a cool moment and I just feel like that must be, and I feel like this is going to be a recurring, uh, trend with this, uh, episode. It felt like a moment that was full of passion and love and a fun time. And those are just like three lovely ingredients for a perfect day. I, I really enjoyed it. Warble three, everybody should watch it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely one of my favorites too.
0: I feel like it really sets up that whole video to open yeah. that way. And then it's you skating across the pool. And again, the, the <laughs> thing that I don't understand because I'm, again, I've never been on a skateboard that was moving in a direction I've never stood on a skateboard that was like going somewhere and uh but when I look at skateboarding and skateboarders and we'll get to this moment as we talk about Tony Hawk but as I watch Warble 3 and a lot of the videos that you do it's all very lovely and supportive and it's just full of love and I, I enjoy that I enjoy seeing people cheering for each other and rooting for each other on it's there's like when you watch those things and you go oh that was so great the, the thing that makes you go, that's great. The thing that makes you remember it is is the love. You go, oh, that's love. Those people love each other. And they're rooting for each other. And again, we'll get to this with Tony Hawk. They're like banging their skateboards on the top of the deck, rooting yeah. for this guy to make the 900. It's love. They all love each other. That's like what you feel as you're watching that. That's like that warm feeling. You go, that's great. I love that. It's love.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> and that's like, you know, the reason why we do it and that i mean that's why i do it i do it for the fun and for the friends and community we're we really are like a little family that's and lovely yeah
0: all right Leonis, let's get into our moment here tony hawks 900 we have to decide whether it's going to make the first belt hall of fame to do that we have to go through our hall of fame credentials those are the categories by which we judge our moment the first credential is analytics people love stats We're going to go through a couple of these stats. 900, first stat. 900, that's two and a half spins. That's a lot of degrees. Mm -hmm. As we were producing this episode, I actually erroneously referred to it as Tony Hawk 720 because in my head... I was like, it's not a 360. I know what a 360 is. I watch basketball. I've, you know, 360 dunked on Nerf hoops before. I know what a 360 (laughs) is. So what's like an absurd thing for a skateboarder to do? I'm like, oh, then it's got to be a 720. Like my brain went, I've seen Tony Hawk do that crazy ass thing and everybody cheered at the X Games. And I was like, that's got to be a 720. And then as I started watching clips, I was like, oh no, it's the 900. That's so many degrees. And I think an issue that non-skateboarders have is an under, is understanding the brilliance of skateboarding and how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. It's a, a little bit like the other Olympic sports, and I know skateboarding is sort of a newer Olympic sport, where you watch someone run and like jump off a palma of horse, and you go like, "What the hell was that? Like, I, I I don't even know what that is. Like, what what is that? How do you do it? Like, you and she's people are twisting and flipping and turning around, and then they land on their feet. And you're like. I don't even know what that is. Like, I can't, my brain can't process it. And as I look at a guy on a skateboard going very fast and then flying up in the sky and then spinning two and a half times and somehow the skateboard is still there and then he lands on it and keeps rolling, I go, wait a minute, I don't even get it. Can you speak to the difficulty as a skateboarder, someone that's been on a skateboard moving? Can you speak to the difficulty of flying up a ramp and spinning two and a half times and then landing on it and keep going?
1: Oh my god, I could not in a million years dream of getting anywhere close to that. For dropping into that thing is—it's terrifying. The helmet and pads are not going to help you at all. Like <laughs> I don't—I don't know if it's just for like. What that is. But if you fall from the top of that ramp, like you're done.
0: When I see those vert ramps, I can't even imagine jumping off of that thing in pads, let alone trying to stand on a piece of wood with wheels on it. That seems absurd.
1: Yeah. The video is one thing. And then seeing someone else do it is another thing. Yeah. And then being the one to do it. Right, right. It's like, it's so insane. Like we go... You know, we watch all the videos and we see so many spots in real life, and it's always like, oh my God, like, whoever, like, this person that skated it is like nuts. Like, yeah. the video, just like, never really does it justice.
0: It's crazy to think about. The next stat 10 years. Tony Hawk has been quoted as saying he'd been working on the 900 for 10 years.
1: Oh, wow.
0: The, I've. <sighs> I was thinking about how I wanted to say this on the show because I I'm not a quitter. I work hard, but if I couldn't do something, if I kept trying and kept failing, do, there's no way I do it for more than a year. I'm just, I'm just being honest. <laughs> I just, there's no way you, I, if you do something for a, even to get to a year, I'd be like, this is absurd. Like, it's never going to happen. It's been a year I've been trying to do this thing. It's not going to work. Let alone two, four, six, ten years he was working on trying to land this. That's just, that's sort of dedication seems um, not normal to me. Yeah, that's insane. Have you worked on anything for ten years? Something specific that you're like, I can't do this. I'm unsuccessful at doing this. I'm failing at this thing. But you know what? I'm going to invest 10 more years of doing this to try and make it do you have anything in your past where you've done that Eunice
1: oh actually you know I still haven't done a tray flip yet no what is that (laughs) a tray flip is a 360 flip with a kick flip and every year my new year's resolution is to to land a tray flip
0: oh my god
1: like it's just on twitter I'm like another year another (laughs) another year I didn't land a tray flip
0: have you been close
1: um, I'll, I can get like one foot. I've never gotten like both feet on there though, Got but it. I, I know one of these days it'll happen,
0: That's
1: exciting. I don't, I don't think the process was like every day, Tony Hawk dropped in on the ramp and right,
0: right, 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 right. right, right.
1: <laughs> but 10, like I, yeah, it is like a huge, maybe he thought about it every day. Yes. For ten years. And even that is like the mental preparation is like, exactly
0: exactly Uh, devoting that much brain space to something that again seems maybe not accomplishable that that, I guess that's that's the the other part of it is as I think about spinning around 900 degrees on a skateboard and then landing on it and then keep going the rational part of my brain goes I'm not certain that's possible so how much time and effort are you going to spend on imagining this, visualizing this thing, trying this thing, coaching yourself through it. It just seems absurd. Yeah. I mean, good for him. I mean, I think it's amazing. I just, it's very oh. clear what makes Tony Hawk and I different. Yeah. His talent and work ethic. I don't have either of those things. And, and Hey, l- l- hats off to Tony Hawk. Uh, <laughs> Eunice, this podcast is about moments, moments of men and women who perform when the lights are the brightest. Can you tell me about the biggest moment of your career to date? So, not oh. get rid of the web developing, get rid of the graphic design, get rid of all the other things you've done with your career, your school, just the skateboarding stuff. What's the biggest moment of your skateboarding career up until this point?
1: Um, I went to a party and Stevie Williams was there and he gave me a high five. <laughs> That might have been the highlight of like he knew who I was and he initiated the high five. Oh my god, like did anyone else see that? Like
0: what you all can't see because this is a podcast is Eunice's face lit up when she when she said that that Stevie knew who she was. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations on that. Thank you. (laughs) The next credential is the eye test. What did you see in this moment? What did you see in the video, Eunice, as you prepared for this? What did you see in that video that made this moment greater? Did you see anything that Tony Hawk did that made you go, holy shit? Did you see that thing that, that just added to this moment's greatness?
1: Um, I'm, I've seen like a few documentaries on it. Yes, And I think throughout, or like from what I remember from the videos is that Tony Hawk Had a ton of haters. Yes. And he was like, not really the popular skater or the cool skater. And then, like, just proved everyone wrong, you know? And like, that's just so inspiring, (laughs) you know? And it's just like, because everything's just being like made up as it's going along. Like, I don't think Tony Hawk ever, you know? saw like or can anyone even predict the future of like what skateboarding is or like where it's gonna go i don't know but we're doing it you know
0: that's that's a that's a very fascinating part of this is that there are no (laughs) rules there's no like this is how games work and you play this professional team and and uh uh you know you 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 have to score so many points like there's no rigidity to this it's open mm-hmm. you guys can create this as you go, and I think that's a fascinating part of this uh my eye test when I watch this video when he lands that thing and his i believe it's his left hand touches mm-hmm. down and he sort of drag just ever so slightly drags it along the floor it seems like maybe that added a little bit of stability helped him stay on there do does a skater look at his hand touching the floor touching the ground and go Mm -hmm. i would take if i were the russian judge here (laughs) i would take away two points off of that thing like does does his hand grazing the floor does that mean something again i know nothing about skateboarding Mm -hmm.
1: i know in like skate videos yeah like I love it. People will redo a trick if their yes. hand touches or right. it's like, oh, it doesn't count. But like, <laughs> I don't If in that, like, okay, the amount of like momentum right. you need spinning around three times and then like in a perfect rotation, like landing on the board without, you know, your body mm. flinging over to the other side. Like, I don't know how that's even like physically possible. That's- so if your hand touches big deal that's fine like and <laughs> do you know? NPD, like you know you let it slide a little
0: bit <laughs> but- i agree i understand what you're saying on the flip side the first belt hall of fame is very very serious everybody's trying mm-hmm. to get in and i, I just mm-hmm. won't let it happen so listen we're gonna this is gonna be a fight to the finish here we're gonna see if it makes yeah.
1: it oh i think um whoever can do a 900 their opinion is uh, on the hand touch
0: it matters it's,
1: yeah that there yeah. the, there's a...
0: <laughs> and then and then it's like nobody it's like what 10 people 20 people that can do that um it's 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 fascinating video to watch and you mentioned the documentary that's i didn't watch these x games live it was 1999 i was still a kid Uh, So I didn't watch these things live. I only know about this moment through the documentaries, which is sort of an interesting way to view it. Um, And as I watched that video, it's fascinating to watch his body mechanics and him sort of torque his body, to get through the spins. And then that deep squat as he's landing. And again, that that slight hand touch, I was sort of curious and I thought, a serious skater might be like, yeah, I would deduct points, but listen, it's 900. So it's so off the charts, difficult that what are you going to do? But I love anyone. I love any skater that is going to stick to their guns and go, no, I'm disqualifying that. Hey, congratulations. (laughs) You nailed it. But I am taking points away. I appreciate that sort of seriousness. Uh, The Mm -hmm. other thing that I noticed in watching the video, I'm going to guess it's maybe his eighth attempt. I, I believe uh, in the in the in the stats. He's he takes ten attempts to get there, ten sort of runs to do the to land the nine hundred. I believe it's his eighth attempt. He gets very 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 close. That must be incredibly frustrating. And again, I think I'm t- tipping my hand here as the type of person I am. He gets so close to landing it, and the it, board just zips out from under him. And he's so angry, and it's a real, true moment of frustration. The board sort of zips away from him. He sort of screams and grunts, and the board sort of rolls back to him, and he picks it up, and he turns around, and he immediately starts huffing and puffing his way back to the steps to walk right back up and try it again. I love that moment because you can see this guy is, very very close closer than he's ever been and completely now dedicated to landing this trick i love that moment
1: yeah it's like it's so like the mental fortitude you need to have like i cry all the time when i skate and not because like i've fallen but just because i'm like mentally just like going crazy like it's i'd say it's like 80%, 90% more mental than it is physical. And Interesting. like when you're so close to doing something that you know in your like brain that you can do and you can't land it like right. you you go like absolutely psychotic like <laughs> I, <laughs> it's so like especially to like be in a contest like that right. too. Yes. Like X Games you got all these people watching like just that level of pressure is like, like could not even imagine.
0: The, like- it would, I would think that fear is a considerable hurdle in front of you as well. In that when you're trying to do something that crazy. Yeah. You go, I could get really hurt here. I'm not talking about like fear of failure. I'm talking about like fear of I'm going to break my fucking leg doing this thing. That that seems like a, a, uh, uh, like it should just be insurmountable in some cases and for skateboarders to get over that and even try it is commendable let alone to be able to focus through all of that and actually achieve the trick it's just crazy to think about
1: <laughs> yeah no doubt like can you even see when you're like spinning like that no like, can you even see, like the ground or where you're going or like
0: completely disorienting <laughs> just sit in your desk chair wherever you are right now and just spin around in your desk chair you're like wait a minute hold on a second like i want to reach for something like i don't understand how you he, you guys all of any skateboarder and i think about this stuff with basketball all the time too like when i look at steph Curry's shoot i go hey man It's not weird that I can't do what you do. It's weird that you can do what you do, that you do that same thing the exact same way every single time, no matter where you are, what day it is, what you ate, how much you slept, how your day's going, who's in front of you, what the score is, how much time is left in the clock, that you can do that same thing over and over. That makes you the weirdo, buddy. Yeah,
1: what the heck?
0: (laughs) Tony Hawk, that you can spin around a bunch of times and then land on a piece of wood with wheels. Guess what? You're the weirdo, pal.
1: Yeah. I just want that to be like, open
0: and upfront about that.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And yeah, the mental battles, the mental toughness, like you need to be a great athlete that really, you know, separates people apart from like Hall of Fame <laughs> greatness.
0: Very very much so. Can I do you know this Jerry Seinfeld quote? I want to play you this Jerry Seinfeld quote. Listen to this. I'll tell you one of the great um, activities is skateboarding. Mm. To learn to do a skateboard trick. How many times do you got to get something wrong until you get it right? And you keep falling and you hurt yourself. And you hurt yourself. And you learn to do that trick. Now you got a life lesson. Whenever I see those skateboard kids, I think those kids will be all right. That's Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock on uh, Communities in Cars Getting Coffee talking about skateboarding. But I, I, and I, I think there's a, there's a lot of truth to what he said. Skateboarding to me is like a lesson about work. And I, I, anything that's in front of you, you're like, oh, you wake up in the morning and you're like, you got a cough or a sore throat. You're like, I'm not going to work today. Fuck that. I'm staying home. Like, it's so easy to go. I don't want to go to work. And to <laughs> me if your work is skateboarding and you go, here's my, here's what I need to do. I need to go flying down this goddamn <laughs> ramp and flying up in the sky and spinning around through the, there are so many hurdles there to just go, I, you know what? I'm not going to do it that to eventually do that and land it and be successful with it. And to be that pioneer that blazes that path for everybody behind you. That's just crazy to me. It's wild to think about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I have heard this quote and I, I do like it. Um, yeah, you gotta be kind of weird to, like skateboarding. And like, I think that's also why the community is so tight right, knit. You right. got to You really got to earn your, right. your stripes there, right. you know? And like, we all know, no matter like what level you're at, if you're a real skater, you know, how much time and dedication it takes to do even the simplest tricks, you know?
0: Right. Uh, the next credential is our ear test. This is what did you hear in this moment? I'd like to pitch you a couple. I'd like to play you a couple clips, and then we'll talk about them. Okay. Dave Duncan, skateboarding pioneer. Dave Duncan is the quote-unquote announcer. He wasn't functioning as a like NBA play-by-play guy at the time. He's sort of also doubling as like a carnival barker. He's on top of the deck. He's on top of the vert ramp. There's probably a couple thousand people there watching this live. So he's speaking to all of them. He's also speaking, obviously, to the ESPN cameras that are recording this. I'm not certain Dave added a ton in the actual call. Let's listen to a couple here. Nine, 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 nine hundred, nine hundred! Oh! Oh! <laughs> now now that makes me laugh very like california skate guy i appreciate staying in character but repeating the number nine and the 900 (laughs) and then laughing and that crazy like cal socal surfer dude laugh uh not adding a ton here let's listen to another tony hawk tony hawk tony tony hawk 900 900 (laughs) Oh no way. <laughs> your thoughts oh on God. david your thoughts on david duncan's calls there
1: love it that dude's like a legend he's at like every he's still at all the contests like
0: good for him
1: that is so i love it the energy
0: you could go you could go the opposite way here and go it's so true to who he is and so hardcore and such like a perfect skater thing that Even if it's not adding the gravitas of a do you believe in miracles or, you know, even (laughs) shouting like, you know, 900 when he lands it. Because that's the crazy thing is he yells nine and 900 and Tony and Tony Hawk about 15,000 times through all of the attempts. And then on the one that he lands, nothing. Let's listen to the landing. Everybody picture it. Here we go. Feel it. Okay, not, not, a, okay, not, he's not painting a picture per se, but it's no, very like, <laughs> it's very skateboard culture. And I do appreciate that. The thing I think is interesting about Dave Duncan yeah. is maybe he didn't, you know, maybe he didn't use that brush to paint this perfect picture for everyone, but he may have as an announcer been more crucial and more important to this sports moment than any announcer in any other sporting moment ever. Here's why. Let's listen to this. The MC, Dave Duncan, said, hey, let's see that 900 because he didn't realize that
1: I sort of stopped trying it. I thought, sure, why not? I, I don't know what else to do. I'll, I'll try a few. And then when I didn't get hurt, I realized like, oh, I'm definitely doing this. Um, and you're either going to, I'm either going to make this or you're going to take me off in an ambulance. Those were the only two outcomes of that night that I was going to accept.
0: That's Tony Hawk talking about Dave Duncan. I had no idea. He's essentially going, I wasn't going to try this thing. This guy goes, what about the 900? Did Dave Duncan will this whole moment to happen? Does this never happen unless it is Dave Duncan holding that microphone going, 9, 9, 900, Tony, Tony Hawk, Tony Maybe this moment ever happens without Dave Duncan. That's fascinating to think about.
1: Oh my God. That's so crazy. I, I don't think I, I've heard um, that interview before, but <laughs> that's so sick. Like he just brought that much. Dave Duncan brought that much hype. And like... Yeah,
0: he really did. He's he, the, he, he like, it's like pure willpower. It's like his energy sent Tony down that ramp. And then as you heard him, he was like, once I realized I was getting close, like, all right, this is how this is going to go down. I'm either going to the hospital or I'm going to be triumphant doing this. I think that's very cool and certainly raises the chances of this moment. Uh, The last thing I want to mention, which I think is fascinating, we'll get to this more, we'll touch on this more later. After every attempt, because again, he's 10 tries in here and he, you know, in the same interview, Tony sort of describes the impact of, of not landing this and, you know, smashing into the ramp as sort of having been in a car accident. I think at a certain point, if you watch the clips and again, if you haven't watched it in a while, go to our Instagram at first ballot, HOF, it's all right there. We live the moment. He sort of describes as he's, as he's slamming into the, into the ramp as being a car accident. I think after every attempt, there's a palpable, like, is that it? Is that your last attempt? and, it creates like, Oh, Hey. And like, everybody's clapping like, Hey, great job, man. And it's like, people are rapping him every time. Like that's it. Right. And it mm-hmm. creates like a little cliffhanger. where as you see him sort of huff and puff and walk back up those stairs. You're like, Oh shit. He's going to do it again. It creates a drama by them, by no one knowing when is this guy going to quit? Is he going to quit? Is he going to hurt himself? Like, what are we watching? And I think Dave Duncan played an important role. Strangely adds nothing to the picture adds nothing to the visuals but strangely maybe this moment doesn't happen at all without dave duncan
1: wow i i think i agree with you there like maybe i don't know what other like at what other point could that have happened if it wasn't like a contest and like the energy was there and the announcer if dave duncan was there like yeah i think you're right
0: all those people and the cameras the actual lights like I, I think about you know being under the lights a lot that that saying like once you get in that spotlight man it's a different pressure and he had legitimate spotlights all over that course it's just a it's i love it when people can perform with the lights on in those big moments on those giant stages and i mean quite honestly that may have been the biggest stage skateboarding had up until that point national uh, broadcast ESPN X Games uh, to nail it. I just think it's super impressive. The next category, the next credential is our test of time. We don't have anything to discuss because that's the first goddamn one. That's <laughs> yeah. the first one landed in competition. There's nothing to discuss here. Then we'll just roll right into the next credential. Burning questions. These are the the answer to these questions might impact whether this moment makes the Hall of Fame. I'm asking these questions to you. It's your responsibility to answer these questions. Eunice. are you prepared?
1: Oh yeah, sure.
0: Gui, Gui, Gui Curry from Brazil. I don't know. So sorry. I know he's very uh, successful in skateboarding. I don't know how you pronounce his name and I apologize. Uh, Guinness recognized a 1080 from him at the age of 10, 10 years old. He did a 1080. This guy from Brazil. If a 10 year old can beat your feet. Is it that impressive? A 10 year old did a 1080. If a child can beat you, is it that impressive? That's your that's your question to answer.
1: Uh yeah, for <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> older
1: ping older people doing stuff is way sicker than younger kids. Because kids will just like jump off a ramp. Like they could fall to the flat of the ramp and just be okay.
0: <laughs> that's right. Like, up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're older, you like Like, you got all these responsibilities, you're not skating every day, you got back pain, like, it's way more, like, impressive for an older person to do the same trick.
0: Tony Hawk also did a 900, successfully landed a 900 at the age of 48.
1: That is insane. Like, the amount of impact? (laughs) Hell no. Like, it's super inspiring, because I'm 29, and I have, like, knee pain, and I'm like, maybe this is it like (laughs) but it's like no there's maybe i'll like eat some vitamins or something and stretch more (laughs) like it's like it proves that your body still can handle some more
0: the next category is our voting committee we have friends of the podcast people fans listeners uh friends of mine people who i've followed for a long time donovan strain professional skateboarder donovan strain i consider him family to this podcast he wanted to weigh in here and give cast his vote on whether this moment should make the first ballot hall of fame let's listen to what donovan had to say
1: tony hawk's 900 should absolutely be hall of fame first ballot worthy and not for the obvious reasons where he just single-handedly shot skateboarding's popularity into outer space and sold millions of dollars worth of video games right after that no what was special was that you were witnessing skateboarding because the contest was already over. It's about just having fun and rooting for your friends. And when he was going for that, everybody was on board. Nobody cared because winning is not where the glory comes from. It comes from uh, the perseverance. That moment was, was witnessing raw skateboarding in that moment, going after something new. And no nobody
0: cared about winning. Your, your thoughts on what Donovan has to say?
1: Oh, I, I 1 million percent agree with him. Dave Mole, when he dropped into that church, yeah. he had work the next day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not about the glitz and the glam and like being number one. Like, it's really like the spirit of skateboarding. Like, yeah, the 900, 100% embodies that.
0: I, I love that. The, the two things that he sort of says that I hadn't really considered are one, I had to Google this. I listened to what he said, and I was like, oh, shit, he's right. Tony Hawk's pro skater comes out a couple months after he lands this trick. I mean, if I'm Tony Hawk and I go, I got this skateboard thing coming out, it'd be really great for my career and for my family if this thing was successful. It could really Mm -hmm. help the sport, et cetera, et cetera it'd be great if i landed this trick and everybody knew who i was and was talking about me and then my skateboard video game rolls out right after nailed it i mean great business decision that's a, a hell of a piece of promotion there and marketing for your mm-hmm. video game kudos to you tony <laughs> and then second it, what we touched on earlier it's you skateboarding as i look at you all you there's like a lovely homogeny to you in that you all look cool. This, again, very not cool older guy that doesn't skateboard. I look at all of you and I go, you all look cool. And you all are like so supportive. You love each other. It looks like the type of thing because you all have like a look and you're cool. I go, man, I'm not like these people. They're like cool and we never get along and blah, blah, blah. But then I see the way you are with each other and I go, oh, my God, it's so lovely. You all love each other. And that's what it is. And that's what Donovan's talking about. It's all, you're all pulling for each other. You like want to see this happen. And I'm sure there's a couple of skaters that are like, I want to be the first guy out to do it. But my God, it's just uh, lovely that everyone is so supportive of, of all of you trying tricks and, and, and doing things and, and working on, on accomplishing these little, these little missions. And I just think it's lovely.
1: I think you're a skater.
0: No, no. <laughs> I'd love to be. You I'd love it. to be. I, I, I hope that I have a bit of that spirit. Yeah, I, I would love to have that spirit, but of, of, of just a dangerous lack of uh coordination here. Um, you
1: get it though. You like you see it. Like not a lot of people get it.
0: It's it's lovely. Cool. I think it would be cool to have. Uh, 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 you know, one of my nephews ends up being a skateboarder. I'd be, I'd be proud of that. That would be like a cool Aww. thing to be able to tell someone.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Eunice, I'm so glad you agreed to do the show. I appreciate your story. I love any woman that sort of carves her own path, but then the fact that you're Asian and I'm half Asian, I, I appreciate that. And I want to acknowledge yeah. that. I appreciate you getting here. I did I did, and do right now still feel a little gross that we are now talking about a moment from a white guy. Again, <laughs> no disrespect to Tony Hawk, clearly a legend. Let's talk yeah. about some female skaters though. Who are the mm-hmm. women we should all watch out for? Who are the women that you love to watch and that you love to skate with? And can you also include Margie Didal, who's Filipina? And because oh. I'm half Filipino, I'd like you to talk about her as well. Dude,
1: legend. Yeah, obviously Margie, Samaria Brevard, um, first black woman on the cover of Thrasher. You know, there's only been a handful of women on Thrasher, but um, Brianna Gearing, um, Fabiana Delfino. There's so many girls out there killing it. If you know about skateboarding, then you know about the women that are killing it too.
0: Did you find your acceptance into the skating community as a lone woman easier and more difficult than you, than sort of that same sort of process, that same sort of acceptance in corporate America?
1: Oh. Where
0: is, where was it more difficult to be a lone Asian American woman?
1: Oh, damn. That's a good question. Because like, yeah, at the office, you know, your ideas get dismissed. Right. Or you're not like taking it seriously. Not that I ever was like so serious at work either, but,
0: uh, and I I guess they're, they're probably equally male dominated, but my vision of skateboarding is pretty heavily male skewing.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, but I've always felt more accepted like with skateboarders. I always felt like, Oh, these are my people. You're
0: all full of love. That's what it is.
1: Yeah the challenge isn't really like acceptance in real Mm. life
0: Mm. like
1: the challenge is more like over the internet i feel like and people not thinking that like you're deserving of certain things you know it's like oh if i did that like i wouldn't have these sponsors like i'm better than her i should have these opportunities kind of things and just like dealing with those kind of like internet people you know Mm -hmm. Um, but like in person, in real life, like the friends that I have in front of me are like, they mean the world to me, you know, like they are my grounding, whatever you call it, like, (laughs) you know, um, yeah, having a support group is really important and I'm glad, Like, I feel like because of skateboarding, I have the coolest friends in the world. And
0: that's awesome. Also
1: thankful for that too.
0: My favorite skater is um, uh, Eunice Chang and then Donovan Strain (laughs) and then Margie Didal because she's Filipino. And for that reason, and that reason only. The next credential is our X Factor. Everybody knows what an X Factor is. Are there any X Factor's that make this moment great? I'd like to pitch you one, Eunice, if you don't mind. There's no internet.
1: There's no internet
0: at the time, which what I like about that, and again I heard this from from other skaters as I was watching some of these documentaries. What I like about the fact that there's no internet is the rumors that maybe someone landed a nine hundred in San Diego at the like you have no way of knowing. Like if you're a skater at the time and someone's like, oh, I heard of a guy that was got pretty close. You don't know. And it creates this like mystery of like, has this been done? Is it even doable? What's going on? There's no internet. There's no way to prove it. Now. If you like, if you're trying something, I, I got to assume 99 times out of hundred, you've got your phone out and someone's recording it just in case you land it. And then if you do, it's going right online and it's going to blow up on its own because of the feet. But at the time there was just none of that. It was like all speculative. It was like, had this happened? There was a mystery. There's no mystery anymore everybody's got the goddamn phones out and they're recording everything they do. But at the time there was this romance, this mystery, this like, has this been done? Is this doable? And it creates a nice little pocket for this moment to sort of happen. And on national television and sort of be like sanctified, it's like, boom, it's official. It's been done. Put it in the hall. Uh, the 900 has been landed by Tony Hawk.
1: Damn. That's so true. There wasn't uh, a going viral at that time. Right. And so, yeah, I just imagine, like, everyone driving in their cars and, like, hey, did you hear, like, in person, (laughs) word of mouth? That's so so true.
0: Um, The next credential is our MVP. What's the most valuable part of this moment? This was all a part of the X Games. Again, the best trick competition on the vert ramp. I sound like a real skateboarder saying vert ramp. Tony Hawk went 10 times. The competition's over, but he wouldn't stop. To me, that's that's my most valuable part of this. The fact that he wouldn't stop. That the game, the competition ends and he's like, fuck it, I don't need the beat. I'm just going to keep going. I love that portion of it. Listen to this with me. How about a big round of applause for all the skaters out here? Let's hear it for... As far as the rules was concerned, it was over. You guys want to see one more try? TV said give him one more try. We'll give him some more tries here. I love that. I love that everyone thinks this is over. This, it, this competition, it's done. Well, wait a second. He's going to go. Let's give him one more try. It's there's a quote that one of the judges, uh, one of the announcers said. Maybe Dave Duncan, quote: "We make the rules up as we go along. Let's give him another try." They literally changed the rules of the sporting event because of what Tony Hawk was doing. They either suspended the competition, they ended the competition, let him keep going, or they changed the rules. I just think that's a to me, that's the best part of this moment. Eunice, what's your most valuable part of this moment?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. That's so sick. And that's some real skater shit. Like, he, it, like, the contest really didn't matter. I mean, it probably mattered, but like, probably not even like on the radar. Like, he just wanted to land it. It wasn't even about winning. Like, that's some real core soul skater shit.
0: <laughs> uh my last question to you i read that you're influenced by jackass can we dive into that
1: oh yeah i mean that's always like my goat that's my go-to answer when people are like oh what got you into skateboarding and like yeah jackass and bam margera like they just made it look so fun
0: was bam if you had to pick one guy from the jackass crew to say is your favorite would you you would have said bam
1: Oh, yeah. I wanted to be Bam Margera. Why? Because he was cool and he had a Lambo and like. (laughs) (laughs) He was a crazy skater.
0: Those guys in that show um, were, I really think, were the forebearers to the Internet, to to video on the Internet. To me, Mm -hmm. it's um, America's Funniest Home Videos and Jackass. Came together to create video on the internet for the last ten years or whatever it's been 20, 15 years now. I don't even know, but the internet on video on the internet today doesn't exist without Jackass and America's Funniest Home Videos.
1: Oh my god, I think you're right.
0: I'm telling you, I, it, it. I bleeds. love
1: watching America's Funniest Home Videos. Like it's the best. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's super funny. Yeah, and, and you think about the internet today and like what moves and what plays, it's so clearly, um, to me, a mixture of those two things. It's like America's Funniest Home Videos is that baseline like this, hey, everything that exists and makes you laugh on America's Funny Video, Funniest Home Videos can immediately pour it over and, and move right onto the internet and do exactly as well or massively, yeah. uh, much more, uh, do massively better. Um, and then to me, Jackass is like, Hey, um, this is the best. This is like shows you the peak of what um, great video on the internet could be. And and to me, um, th- what that is is, uh, and I've said it before in this episode, it's love. You watch those guys hang out together and goof off and enjoy each other's company. You know what they're doing? They love each other. They 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 think it's how they're having a great time, and they think these guys are funny, and they love talking to them and hanging out with them, and and riding in Lambos and and shotgunning beers and and trying tricks and and slapping each other on the ass and and <laughs> yeah. it's love it's a goofy weird form of love but that's exactly what it is and that's why we all enjoy it and um i love that show
1: me too oh wow well, i never like thought of it like that but you're so right
0: i also want to cuz i'm also a, a gigantic david letterman fan i feel like jackass is the child of uh late night with David Letterman as well, the old show where it was like, you know what? We're going to try and do this goofy ass thing. And it doesn't even matter if we fail. I don't care how many times I throw this football at the meatball on the top of that Christmas tree. It doesn't matter (laughs) if I miss it, just tape it. And when we nail it, we'll all enjoy it that we accomplished this goofy thing. And, and now think about jackass and what jackass is David Letterman to jackass add in little uh, America's funny. Some videos, internet video. That's what it is.
1: I love that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the next yeah. credential is the co Eunice. This is on you and you alone. Mm. The question is, should Tony Hawk's 900 make the first ballot hall of fame and why?
1: Yes, <laughs> because he's a legend. It, it was an iconic moment. It was, it was historical. It really, It changed skateboarding, that 900.
0: The next credential is our induction speech. That's when me, Neil, the host, gets to decide whether this moment makes our first bell hall of fame. Here we go. Tony Hawk's 900 is a moment so special, I can't even really wrap my head around the physicality or the physics of what's happening. If I were to like go on the top of my house and jump off of it and try to spin around just once. If I was holding on to something like a skateboard, it would immediately be flung as I'm spinning. It would be flung off on a tangent, just go firing off into the distance. I don't even understand how you spin and hold something without it going flying out of your hands. I don't understand what it is that he did. The reason why Tony Hawk's 900 is making the first belt Hall of Fame, and it is making the first belt Hall of Fame, yeah. fucking newsflash, Chief, is because this moment isn't even about sports or competition. That 900 is about one person and his goal. He's singularly focused on landing this. Rewatch this play. Rewatch this moment. He fails, and he fails, and he fails again. And you just see his resolve steal with every attempt. He's going to try this. It's a mission. This moment is about guts and the hard work it takes to get shit done and to be a pioneer. You have to recognize those moments in others and learn from them so you can have them in your own life. Tony Hawk and all 900 of your spinning degrees. Welcome to the First Bell Oh, thanks. Eunice thank you so much for doing the show I really appreciate it how can people follow you tell everyone about your accounts your instagram your Twitter, whatever however people should follow you tell them oh
1: yeah instagram would be cool uh (laughs) it's uh not cheetos (laughs) um and yeah thanks so much for having me
0: you're very poetic
1: and I love your perspective on skateboarding
0: I, I, it's, I, I, it's, I, um, I'm jealous that you guys can do all of that stuff. It seems freeing. Seems like it would be great to take your hat off and to just, um, go flying down the street on your skateboard. I'm I'm jealous of you all. So enjoy what you're doing. Appreciate this moment that you're in right now. You've built this career for yourself. Enjoy it. And, st- and also put a helmet on Eunice I- I'm okay. far too often I'm watching you skate around <laughs> with no wrist guards or elbow guards oh, no. P- do me a favor and put a helmet on goddammit. it
1: okay I'll try
0: thank you so much <laughs> nice, it. that's it that's the show my special thanks to Eunice Chang she's very special check her out at Not Cheetos thanks as always to my business partner and friend Robert Rucci. and big thanks to Jessica Sang who put this whole thing together Rhythm J always makes the beats follow him on social at Rhythm J my shout out today goes to Whoever bought the show Instagram followers, I think that's what happened. Maybe we caught the algorithm in a good moment, but I think one of you jerks bought us Instagram followers. I asked my wife, who was also a real possibility here, but she literally didn't even understand the words that were coming out of my mouth or the sequence I was putting them in. She was completely and totally lost. I've realized in this moment, when you're trying to build something for yourself with a small team like Rob and Jessica, and you're independent but you're working really hard, you're trying to make content that people enjoy, Buying someone like that Instagram followers is a very sweet gesture. It's kind, it's loving, and I appreciate it. It's also an hysterical way to get my account shut down. Imagine if Instagram figured this out and shut me down. What an insidious way to screw me over. That's very funny. Either way, whoever did it, super interesting move. My thanks to you. And please come back next week for more First Ballot. 900! Oh! <laughs>